Hello and welcome to I'll Start Monday, the podcast that asks, what can I do starting Monday that will have a positive impact on my life? Every day in Ireland, more than 200 people give up smoking. And with Nicorette, you could join them. Join the quitters with Nicorette, clinically proven to help you quit for good. Based on Healthy Ireland 2019, Nicorette contains nicotine. Stop smoking aid requires willpower. Always read the label. I'm your host, Keith Walsh. And this week, we're focusing on careers. Whether you're thinking of changing your career, applying for that promotion you really want, or starting your own business, career coach Ronan Kennedy joins us today to delve into some career strategies. Ronan coaches individual clients, as well as running workshops on career development, communication skills, and goal setting. Before we get into the goal setting, Ronan, you're very welcome to our podcast today, and thank you for joining us to talk about today's topic, careers. Thanks so much for having me. Well, sure. Look, thanks for coming. Before we go careering into careers, can you give us a little bit about your background, how you got into this crazy world of of advising people on careers? (laughs) Yeah, uh, sure. So I went to DCU. I studied international business and Japanese. That's where I kicked off. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. (laughs) Uh, That's all I know. Right. Well, that's a great start. (laughs) So, yeah, I studied uh, international business and Japanese, spent a year in Japan, which was great. Then I came back from Japan, went to Australia on uh, a year abroad, went back to Japan again, this time to work teaching English with the idea that maybe I would get a job over in Japan using my Japanese and my business skills. And then after that, my uh, my brother was starting developing his company. So he offered me uh, a job to come back to Ireland. So uh, I circled back from Japan and started working with him uh, for a couple of years. So I was the operations manager there, which meant I did absolutely everything he wanted me to do. Yeah, OK, yeah. <laughs> well, he focused on all the, the fun stuff. No, but it was a it was a great experience. And, you know, when you're when you're put in that position, you know, the only thing you can do is kind of go into hyper growth mode where you just learn as much about everything as quickly as possible. So that's what I did uh, as the operations manager there. It was really just him and myself. And then a few, um, a year, year and a half in, we, we got some people to help us out. From there then, just to give you the, the brief overview, um, I decided I wanted to fulfill a, a, a long time dream, which was living in Spain and studying some Spanish. Nice. So, I had to uh, bid farewell to my brother and and his company and I went over to Spain, lived in Madrid for a year and a half. I'd been on holiday there for a week and just fell in love with it. And then uh, I went back. But but also when I was working with my brother's company, so he uh, had a uh, high performance coaching, uh, like physical coaching, you know, so strength and condition, high performance gym. When I was working with him, he had a lot of books lying around on uh, psychology, emotional intelligence, coaching strategies, all these sort of things. And uh, one of the days, you know, I was I was uh, around flicking around them in the office when I had a little bit of free time. And uh, I was just like, this stuff's kind of interesting. I don't know about all the working out in the gym. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely like the coaching and the psychology and the emotional intelligence side of it. So I said, well, you know, let's let's see what else there is in this. And I remember one of the first books I picked up was a, a book called Emotional Intelligence by a guy called Daniel Goleman. And I was like, wow, this is this is fantastic. I never knew all of this stuff. And I remember looking at the uh, the books he'd referenced at the back and just picking out a few of them and then reading those. And that's kind of how I started to develop my interest in in what I liked by just going through the references and expanding on all the, the books from there. And so with that in mind and with the idea of going to Spain, I thought, well, let's go to Spain. Let's study coaching and let's study business and, you know, all that sort of stuff you know, in more detail. And how am I going to do that while in Spain? Well, I'm going to need a lot of time, like not just 
time, but mental time, like mental capacity, because you can't, it's very hard to focus on a job eight, nine, 10 hours a day where you're like mentally drained and then go and study something that's super mentally draining as well. So I said, well, let's do something reasonably low impact on the brain, conversational English lessons okay. <laughs> <laughs> for me. So having chats with people. So that's what I did. I had chats with people in English for a couple of hours a day. That was enough for me to pay my bills. And then I, I you know, I saved nothing, but I, I could then focus on studying uh, my coaching and, and business uh, stuff on the side. And then after that, after a year and a half in in Madrid, having the time of my life, I decided to come back to Ireland and uh, start my business as a career coach and business mentor with, with all the learnings that I had. So I was pretty much good to go when I came back. Of course, you know, so I had to set up and get clients and stuff like that. But and that so I started that about seven years ago, seven and a half years ago. Wow. Just uh, from talking to you now, you seem like the type of guy and this I think this is important for a conversation for anybody listening, thinking about careers and jobs and all that kind of stuff. You seem like the type of guy who who looks at lifestyle and job like at the same time, almost like, well, what do I want to do? Where do I want to live? Mm. I like that culture. How do I live there? How do I manage that? How do I get to, yeah. you know, how do I what what do I do when I got to Australia? What do I do when I get to Spain? At every turn, at every point, you were thinking about your lifestyle and your job hand in hand. Yeah. And one one was as much was as important as the other. Yeah, totally. Like one of the things, a, a big word that my brother and his uh, his colleagues would use is holistic when they were working with clients. So they're always talking about this idea of holistic development. But if you think about it, we all want like a holistic lifestyle, right? You want to have fun. You want to build good relationships. You want to have interesting work. You know, we, we all we all kind of want everything in a way, don't we? <laughs> you know, what do you want? I want the best of everything. So, yeah, I was always thinking about that. And I guess it really comes back to the question of what is success for you? You know, and that's a question I would have pondered uh, a lot. What what does it really mean? I, I suppose some people would talk about it in terms of money. Other people would talk about it in terms of lifestyle. Some people talk about it in terms of the type of work that they do. But it's a difficult question, but it's definitely a question worth pondering over because that's going to dictate a lot of the steps you take going forward. So for me, it was always a question of, well, how can I do work that's interesting for me? I definitely want to have good conversations with people. I definitely want to work hard. I definitely want to be self-employed, but I also want to have, you know, a life that I enjoy as well, because if it's all consuming, then I feel like I would have won the wrong game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I never wanted to get to a place where I felt great. I'm here and now I don't like it mm. uh, because, you know, I would have heard a few People talk about that in books or, you know, they feel like, oh, you know, I've got all this and you're kind of going, oh, right. I never thought about it like that. You, you'd hear it quite often. So, yeah, what was success for you? That was one of the, the, the questions I really started out. That's a, that's a very good place to start because I when I, were, I worked in radio for 20 years and I did a, a certain breakfast show for five years. And then when that finished up, it was it, it was a job that I put a lot of work into and effort mm. into and made a lot of sacrifices. So so I was my success was was this job going well mm. and this was like success for me success for my family success you know it's mm. my career was my success if that went well and, and it was going well for a while but then some it was somebody else's decision ultimately to stop that show so, right. so, so it was their decision to go well we're finished with this show now yep. we're moving on we're bringing in some new presenters thanks very much and all that yep. kind of stuff which is you know on the face of it a very good decision it's the right thing to do mm. people have to move on you know I wasn't you know I was probably too old to be working on it a youth radio station all the kind of stuff it made a lot of sense but I felt when that when the rug was pulled from under me 
I felt helpless and I felt like I had the wrong understanding of the word success. Mm. So it led me to go, when that happened, I felt very unwanted and unloved. And, mm. you know, because 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 I was like, I'm giving you everything here. I've done yeah. I've put everything into this. What else do you want? And now you've just cancelled it. Right. So I so I ended up going to therapy and figuring myself out and coming and trying to come up whatever the next thing was from a different angle. So success then became, mm. well, how are my family like? Am I a successful father? Am I a successful right. husband? And then, you know, how do I get a job that I enjoy, but also like mm. that gives me a work-life balance, that everything isn't career. Right. Uh, it's not all about the career. You know, it was kind of nearly the first thing I did. I was like, well, I'm going to figure out how I approach this differently and figure out why I let what happened to yeah. me happen to me, you yeah. know. So for anybody listening now, what are the watchouts? Like, what are the yeah. things that they might think, oh, I, I might be doing this wrong, might be approaching this wrong? Yeah, absolutely. J- just before I go, like, I love that, you know, you had such good takeaways from that experience because so often if, like, if someone's listening and they have, like, a really tough moment, let's say they've been made redundant or something like that, and that's happened a lot through, uh, through this period. If they've had a really tough moment, it's great to hear that, like, you know, people like you can come out the other side and actually be much better off Yeah, because you've learned more about yourself, you've redefined it. Your, your family has a better lifestyle. You're still in the game and, and doing really, really well. So it's great to hear that because I think if someone's in those moments, they, they, a lot of self-doubt can like come into the equation. I don't know if you felt that at all. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I felt like oh, I'm not good enough. Yeah, I felt rejection. Rejection was the big thing. Right. And I suppose the people I worked for, I was like, oh God, if they don't like me, then it's, it's downhill from here. You know? Maybe nobody else will. Nobody else will. Right. So we start creating these beliefs. Yeah, I'd reached the top and then yeah. the only way was down. And <laughs> yeah. This was it. I was like, right. you know, I, I was, I, that, I'm, I'm gone, you know, right. it's over. Right. I'm never going to work again. Right. So all these beliefs creep in. And, you know, it's funny because I would meet some, by the way, not not just clients, but people in my personal life would sometimes like, you know, they'd say, oh, you know, can we grab a coffee? And you're like, yeah, sure. I haven't seen you in ages. And then, you know, quickly it comes becomes you need to a, put these, is this is this a job or a personal yeah, do, I'm, I'm, do I invoice this yeah, or, yeah. but anyway no it's it's always fun but you know you'd have a coffee and then you know obviously my work is about work so people would then express their own or you know talk about their own work and they'd go through really tough times where they might be in between changing jobs or there might be conversations about redundancy so it's like and, and they'd be super high achievers right really high flyers and it's just, it's really interesting to see how those seeds of doubt get planted and then, you know, their footing just feels really rocky at those moments. So a big part of it, I think, is if you are speaking to someone like that, just really listening to them, just listening to them vent their frustrations and their concerns and their fears. I think that's a huge thing and not to be underestimated at all, because once you listen to them, they, they just get to express it and get it off their chest. Now they're not carrying it around with them anymore. And I think in those those conversations, really what I just focus on doing is saying as little as possible. You know, just let them speak. And you're not even there solving it. You're not trying to solve it. I, I think sometimes friends and family, their intentions are so good that they just want to solve. They want to give advice, they want to help. Um, and well, there's a moment for giving advice and there's a moment for helping and there's a moment for just listening. So I think that's a really, really important thing to do something I still struggle with but you yeah, know yeah, yeah. The, the challenge is ongoing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listening just listening but that's the, that's the thing isn't it you don't have to fix the problem you just have to allow the other person to speak you have to allow them to speak and then when the time is right you sit down and you start getting ready with some action steps uh, and that's when the you know the time comes to support them and say okay well how are you going about this uh, and have you thought of all the options so before we get to the action steps what is the most common issue problem 
that people come with? Absolutely. It's confidence. All night and all day, it's confidence. And it comes in many forms. People can feel like um, I'm not certain of my direction. I don't know which way to go. I don't know what my skills are. So there's uncertainty there and that kind of manifests as confidence as well. Maybe there's issues at work where they're in a toxic environment or someone's being difficult or, or someone's making their life difficult. And and then that can, again, plant seeds of self-doubt. So I think building up that confidence is a, is a really important place to start. What also comes with belief. When you're starting to approach this process, you have to believe that something needs to change and you have to believe that you can change it. Because if you don't believe that, you're probably not even going to start this process. You're just going to accept what's happened and you're going to dig down and just do the best you can. I firmly believe from working with all the people I've worked with over the last seven years that change can happen and that they can make it happen. And that's not something I say lightly. That's something that, you know, I've worked with people on over long periods of time to say, well, have we tried this? Have we tried this? Can we do it this way? If they don't come to you, can we go to them? Right. Have you tried this other channel? Have you looked at it this way? All the different options and just being relentlessly persistent and completely optimistic. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going around saying, oh, you're redundant. Just be positive about it. You know, I think that's crazy. If you've if you've had a bad time, you're having a bad time. And we need to look at that realistically and say, "Okay, this is definitely a struggle and you're not feeling good, but we can we can make this better. You know what I mean? So so it's getting that balance as well. Somebody um, came to me recently and and they'd been made redundant and they didn't know what like they they had lost their mojo like they couldn't get up anymore and they thought like once once they got the redundancy there was a bit of money there so they were okay and they're like oh I'm going to start a job I'm going to you know train I'm going to do this and And they found that they just couldn't get up in the morning they never mind (laughs) do anything else and I was kind of saying to him well look you 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 were doing a job. And you're getting up in the morning and you're motivated to do that job and you're turning up every day and everything was great. And, and that was taken away and that stopped. So then you're like, of course, you're not, not motivated. So why would you be motivated to do something that you put you were motivated to do and it just stopped? OK, first yeah. of all. And then second of all, well, just spend this time with yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can tell me whether I gave them the right advice. I said, spend the time with yourself. Have a lion. Think about yourself. Think, have romantic walks with yourself. <laughs> You know, think about what what it is you you used to like. Find the joy, mm-hmm. find the things that you used to find joy in, and do them. And I was kind of like, and if you, once you do that, everything will just kind of be, be become a lot clearer. Like he, he, because he was so hell bent on all he was thinking mm-hmm. about. I can't get up in the morning, yeah. and I can't find. I can't. I'm not motivated to find yeah. a job. Yeah. I'm like, well, maybe you're coming at it from the wrong. No, I like place. it. Good. I think good advice, Keith. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on okay, that. One. Good. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, in, you've got some time off. Enjoy it. Mm. Right, you've got some time off. Enjoy it. Like, w- what's the positive of this moment? So if you can go for walks, but, you know, the going for walks, I think, is also good advice if it gives you an opportunity to process what's going on. Not going for walks, listening to music or listen to something that doesn't give you a chance to actually say, OK, what's what's happened? What am I going to do? What are my steps forward? How do I need to uh, shape my vision for my, fu- my future and my career future? How do I create a compelling goal? Right. Because people have goals. But if your goal doesn't compel you. Yeah, you're still not getting out of the bed. Yeah, because it's like get a, I have to get a job, right? Right. What kind of job, and what do you like doing? And maybe you didn't right. like the old job, and maybe you know. So, so yeah, or or even if you if you've got like a month off, you know, you want to spend it well. So you know, are you excited about getting up to meet a friend for a coffee or going to the gym? 
or, you know, taking a nice walk or going for a hike in the mountains. Whatever you're going to do is going to have to compel you to get up. So I think that's really important that you, you spend some time making a compelling goal. And there's a bit of struggle in that, by the way, as well. Yeah, it's of not, course. You, you, know, you don't just kind of go, oh, well, I've got something that totally excites me and engages me straight away. So I, I suppose the other thing to mention is, you know, if, if we're talking about people who are taking time off because they've, you know, they've been given an opportunity, it also has to, you also have to make sure that you're, you're meeting your needs in that. Like if someone's under financial pressure, obviously, you know, that's, that's a slightly different game. I, I guess it's an obvious point, but still worth, uh, still worth oh, mentioning. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I think, you know, when I'm talking to people and I would give similar advice, by the way, that if you do have a moment to take a little break and you want a break and you want, you know, so take the break, but also create a plan for how you're going to get back in the game. That's really important because now you're organized when you when you want to actually get back into it to approach it like it's a job in a way. So I, are you going to go to the library or the coffee shop or the hotel to get out of the house and start looking for jobs. Not not eight hours a day. That's crazy. Maybe two or three hours a day. Nobody really works eight hours a day. Anyway. Right. Yeah. I know. I don't. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so so to... To treat it like to treat, this treat, is your new job. Treat now. it as a job. Yeah. You, have, you have a job and your job is to get a job. Um, so do it maybe two or three hours a day. And that, now that could involve updating a CV, updating a cover letter, searching for some jobs and meeting a contact for a coffee. Even if, you know, you don't think it's going to be the game changer. Firstly, it's social and we're social creatures, so we need to meet people. And secondly, we don't know where the opportunities are going to come from because, you know, no one is an island. And, you know, maybe you know, so it's interesting because sometimes I would, I would give people advice about networking you know, and the advice is network. But people would say like, oh, you know, w- you know, why would I talk to, you know, Keith about you know, do I want to become uh, a DJ and do I have the skills for it? It's like, well, no, but he knows people. You know, yeah. he, he's got friends and he's got family and they've got friends and they've got family. So, you know, we're all connected. So even if you're talking to uh, a plumber and you don't want to be a plumber, they still know people. So, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good the, way of networking. The, you're talking to somebody who wants, who needs their bathroom done or whatever. Even I'm, I'm, that, that's not my field, but I do know people who have bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're always networking, you're always talking, anything. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the, the funny thing about networking is people don't feel comfortable doing it. Mm. They don't feel comfortable doing it. Well, why do you think people don't feel comfortable doing it? Because they're they're meeting someone because they're looking for something from them, is it? Or yeah, exactly, precisely. The begging ball. Exactly. Mm. So we feel... Gives a job. Gives a job, will it? Um, so we feel that if we go to someone that we're, we're begging, that we're, you know, we're asking for a job. But then if you, if you change the question, if I said to you, Keith, if someone came to you and, you know, they came to you in a reasonable, polite way and they were asking your advice would you be open to giving them advice totally yeah and if you felt that you could direct them or connect them with someone who you thought could be of interest would you be open to doing that absolutely yeah right now that is the resounding answers I hear from people so when I ask people would you go for you know network with somebody and say I don't want to do that I don't want to beg I said well if someone if, if, someone, if I know someone who comes to you with, they're like yeah of course I'd lo- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'd love to give them advice I'd love to help them out and I suppose if you just think about it people love the opportunity to give advice they love the opportunity to help someone out but there's no requirement to say look I guarantee I'm going to get you something and the other person has no need to say I guarantee I'm going to take it 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just so there's no expectations, or you, you arrive with with no expectations, or no, you know, you, there's you no obligation. Yeah, you don't want to leave with the job. You know, to be signing right. a contract at the end of the meeting. It's just like, well, you know, I need advice. What what, what would you do in my situation? Right. You just That's get it. to sort of uh, trade thoughts, Tra- even, share ideas, then, trade thoughts, have a chat. Def- so, definitely, the worst thing that can happen is like what nothing. Which is you know, there's fine. No downside. No downside. There's absolutely no downside. So, so there's no obligation. There's no obligation from them to give you a job, and there's no obligation from you to take the job, yeah. even if you get offered it. Which may surprise you. Some people would feel like, well, I don't, I don't know if I want to do it. I don't want to be a plumber, but he's yeah. offered me a job now, <laughs> yeah. and I'm so out of a job. What, so. what, like he offered me mm. a job. What do I say? Say, say, thank you very much. I really appreciate, but you know, I, it's just not the right fit for me right now. And thanks for thinking of me. Yeah. By the way. You know, I know somebody needs their bathroom done. <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've mostly spoken about people who find themselves in that situation where they're redundant or they lose a job. What about the person who's in the job and hates the work and, and wants to find a new career? Mm. And this is a sort of a very broad question and it's a big question. Is there a simple answer? It's great. It's, it's a great question because that's where a lot of people start. They start with this broad question and it's overwhelming because yeah. it's so broad. And it's like, I don't even know where to start. Right. And so I would say think about two basic things. You can start with a brand new career. Think of it as a brand new profession. Or you can harness your transferable skills and go to something else. So when you think of a profession, you can usually describe it in one word. Doctor, dentist, DJ, vet, policeman. Right. One word. And usually when you go for go, go into profession, you need to train you know, you need to do the full course. You need to go. You basically need to go back to square one in many ways because you're not harnessing any of the skills, knowledge, experience, abilities that you have. So that's one way. Most people don't really like that idea if they're in a job and let's say they've got a mortgage and they've got kids and they want to keep the show on the road. Harnessing existing skills, in other words, transferable skills, is usually a lot more feasible option, and it, it's actually going to give them a very similar outcome at the end of the day. Right now, if you're still between let's say changing profession completely and harnessing existing skills ask and you know people can be very resolute and say no I absolutely want to change profession fine so i would say fine that's that's great we can we can organize that but the question i would ask them is what will it give you right what do you hope it will give you so when you change into that new profession what does it give you back does it give you a lifestyle does it give you income does it give you more time does it give you more interesting work does it give, you know what does what what is it going to give you and so sometimes people would say well a better working environment good nice yeah great yeah. a better team to work with perfect and, and they're the kind of answers you typically get back now that's fine but could we also meet those values or those needs or those priorities by harnessing your transferable skills okay so without throwing the baby out with the bathwater could we still get the results that you want just by moving slightly rather than exactly. throwing the baby out with the bathroom. Exactly. Yeah. So we don't need to throw the baby out. We can just say, let's see if we move slightly uh, different and we can meet all of those. So sometimes people say, no, I absolutely want to do this. But you can say, well, OK, fine, but we could still investigate this first because if there's a belief that's very strong that says this absolute, these transferable skills, this idea of, of moving slightly across or moving, sometimes the belief is really strong that that just doesn't exist and that's just not an option. Okay. So then I would say, well, can we just investigate it a little bit? Let's look at this first. Figure it out. So what I love to hear people to say is, yes, I see. I can move to that. I see those are options. There's there's some possibilities there. I don't want to, 
great okay yeah. we've done our due diligence yeah. and now we can go over here and set you on this career path and make sure that it's going to work as well as possible for you moving from being a teacher to a guard for example or whatever it is which seems to me like a a, f- a full you know profession change that is it? a full switch yeah that that's is, a full switch I, I suppose teachers might say that they do a lot of policing yeah uh, probably yeah, yeah it's probably <laughs> a lot of similar stuff can I, can I bring can I bring you back a little bit then do you ever talk to people about looking at their current job and maybe could they change their mindset to realise that actually they have all the things that they're looking for where they are already Mm. they just can't see them or that their approach is wrong in that well if you didn't spend all weekend partying then you mightn't hate your job on Monday morning you know can can we get the work-life balance you know do you talk to people about that kind of stuff yeah it's a great approach the first thing to do is try to remove the problem as opposed to just saying oh Let's just change everything. So uh, can we improve the current situation? Now, sometimes people will feel that they've done everything possible to do that already. But I suppose really honing in. I mean, the first step to solving almost any problem, of course, tell me if you disagree, but is figuring out exactly what it is. What the problem is. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so yeah. in other words, doing a root cause analysis. Right. So I don't like my job. Okay. What don't you like about your job? I, I don't like my boss. Right. I don't like I don't like my boss. Yeah. Right. So well, do you not like the boss or do you not like the job? You know, and then straight away you've made a distinction that, well, actually the boss is maybe, and that's legitimate, maybe the boss I is, love my boss, by the way. Sorry, I was just throwing that out there. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, big shout out to your boss, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> and so... But straight away... So straight away you've got a distinction yeah. that, okay, the boss is, is challenging or maybe the team is challenging or, you know, something in the environment is could difficult. Could be a colleague that is, it could be one colleague that's Could be a transport a route. Could, could be a transport could be route. A transport yeah, route is yeah. the, I hate getting the I train. I hate getting the train every yeah. day for two hours. It's like, okay, so then you're you're listening very carefully to hear, well, what is the actual issue that the person's struggling with? And then how can we see what we can do to remove it? I remember like someone who came to me, well, probably three years ago, four years ago now, but this is what, this is actually the nature of the conversation we had. Well, what do you like doing? And uh, the crux of it was uh, this person loves writing, right? Writing scripts, writing narratives, publishing all types of writing really really open to anything that was just written I wanted to do a little bit less work with clients and customers right I said oh, okay and have you spoken to your boss about this and uh, no you know can I do that yeah yeah just uh, and they had a chat and they were like there's actually a ton of there's a ton of writing over here that we, were, that we would love someone to do wow. and then you know and for this person it was just like it was like magic brilliant you know I've done almost nothing except have a 15 minute conversation I've got this new job inside my my current job everything else is the same so so, so, so so this is a person who was stressed anxious hated their job because they didn't like the public facing client facing work were able to shift within their own and just like you know just that it suited them to just be on their own just typing away and doing the writing and right that, and that just solved all the problems it, was all, it solved a lot of the problems mm. right I mean the, the, I'm sure there's still one or two other things but it, like let's say even if you take 20% like if you're in fast paced customer service that can be quite stressful for some people and even if you take and, and if you do that like let's say 80% of your time you take 20% or 30% or 50% off that and you do something else reduces it's going to reduce yeah. the stress massively and give them variety in their work and allow them to develop another skill that they feel they're already good at and if you're doing a skill you're already good at you're building up self-esteem and when you're doing something you're good at you might feel you're enjoying yourself a lot more because we yeah. tend to we tend to in, enjoy what we feel we're good at I wonder did COVID 
and lockdown change work for people? Because suddenly, I mean, for, I'm just talking personally, but, I, you know, the, the commute was not something that I wanted. I did not like I, I, I'm happy to live where I live, but most of the jobs are in Dublin and I live in Kildare and there was always a commute, you know. Yeah. So taking that commute out of the equation, I was able to just work from home on my own. And, you know, and then like I don't mind dealing with people. And I don't mind having, you know, being in an office environment. And that's all fine. But some people just that just wasn't for them you know mm. so this idea that you can just you know work have your own office at home mm. do your work no commute you know it probably solved a lot of problems well, and now you kind of feel like well I'm actually I can say I don't actually want to go back to the office yeah. Office. I'm happy to, to work think, the way I am Yeah I think it did solve a lot of problems uh, with workplace stress you know if you're in an environment that's toxic or your environment working with difficult people and now you're working at home well your life's immediately going to be a lot better other people they get a lot of energy from being around people. They feed off them. You also get this opportunity to get informal mentorship or guidance or support just by being around people and having a coffee and saying, oh, you know, have you tried this or have you done that? So all of those things were missed. So on one hand, yeah, if you're in a difficult situation, you're going to be a lot better off. But on the other hand, you might miss out on, you know, fundamental need of connection, camaraderie, uh, support. Camaraderie is over, overrated. Do you reckon, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> No, back it's back, not at back all. to the home office, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Th- those types of, of things were very uh, important during COVID. And I think people trying to transfer onto chat rooms online, like Microsoft Teams and, and Zoom, Zoom and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, I think we've all realized now it's still not quite the same. Mm. It's good for communicating. I'm not sure how good it is for relationship building. Okay. So many people, when they negotiate or when they're trying to resolve interpersonal issues, it's it's all the body language and it's the informal coffee and the walk down the hallway and all that sort of stuff that just eases uh, eases tensions. But now I think being on on Zoom, if you have a challenge, you know you're fa- you're just confronted with it in a, in two D, and I think that can be really a struggle. Yeah, and the other thing someone said recently was like uh, with Zoom calls, if you're in a meeting, you're not used to looking at yourself. Yeah, and I know you can turn the camera off, but that's kind of rude, then, isn't it? I've never, it is. You know, you're suddenly just looking at yourself and how you're reacting to other people, which is kind of weird. Yeah, it's a bit disconcerting for sure. We're at the big finale already, Ronan, would you believe? So the podcast is called I'll Start Monday. What steps could our listeners take this Monday to get started on changing their career for the better? I think first thing, sit down on a notebook and a pen and take an inventory of your transferable skills. Okay. Right. So whether they be administration, customer service, client relationship management, operations, strategy, business development, marketing, communications, all these type of skills are transferable skills. Another way to think about it is if I asked you to break your job down into three core component parts, right, what would you say? Or how would you describe it to a kid? You know, right. <laughs> how do you describe it to your kids when you say, this is what I do? You know, if you just give someone the job title, then they just picture you, oh, that's what you do. That's not what we do. So now we're different. But if you go a layer deeper and you talk about the transferable skills, now we've got the common ground, okay. right? So if you're talking to someone who works in a business and you work as a DJ, what's the common ground there, right? But if I asked you now, what are your transferable skills? By the way, a lot of people find this super tough, yeah. like almost impossible to come up with because, you know, you can be an expert at what you do, uh, you know, and famous and, and very popular and all this, but... You, you spend your time doing your job, not thinking about how you describe your job. So that's why it's so difficult. But if I was to put you on the spot, mm. Keith, and say, well, what are your core transferable skills? 
What would you say? Would you have I can, any thoughts? I can use a computer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can use software programs. Yeah. I can write. Uh, I'm a writer. So uh, writing. I can right. write. Um, what types of writing would you do? I can write ads. I can write um, scripts for ad- advertising or I could write right. a, a script for a play. I can write, I've written a play. So, you know, I've, anything from, from a play to an ad. So even if you think of the ads, the script writing, the play, show notes, and, and what you're doing now, uh, which is communications, mm. right? Presenta- so presentation skills. So all that can be kind of grouped together as communications, yeah. right? Basically communicating a message to a mass audience, right? What we're, we're communicating, but communications is that, that mass kind of audience. So if you speak to anyone in a business and say, you know, do you, need, do you ever need someone to communicate messages to mass audiences? Uh, they'll say, yeah, sure, we have a communications function. And we've like, you know, three, four, five people working there. So that's how you kind of get that middle ground on. And you're in. But if you say, I'm a DJ and they say, oh, we're a law firm. There's no common ground. There's no common ground. Wow. But uh, so, okay, do you have content on your website? Yeah. Do you send out emails to the group? Yeah. Do you ever think doing events where you need an MC is useful? Do you do any promotions? Uh, have you done promotions? Yes, I have. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. you kind of tap into it that yeah. way. Does that give you a kind of idea? Yeah, great. Cool, yeah. I'm handing my notice yeah. Monday, Monday morning. <laughs> I'm going to go work for a law firm. Yeah. Sending out emails. That's, why, that's it. Uh, anything else, Ron, before I let you go? Any, any other top tips? Or is, that, is that it? Make the list. I make sure you know what your skills are and yeah, look I, inside I, yourself. One of the, the big things that people struggle with throughout their career is security, okay. job security. And I think if I was to sum of job security in one word, it would be adaptability. Right, so if you're adaptable, you can go to different industries, you can take on different roles, uh, you can use different skills. And one of the first steps in having that adaptability is understanding your transferable skills, but it's also knowing how to communicate that to the market. So if you can communicate it to the market, it means when a time comes up and you have to action those those strategies, you're able to do it. So I think that's that's really, really important. That would be a key takeaway. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much, so uh, much Ronan Kennedy, career coach and business mentor. Thanks for coming in and sharing your wisdom with us today. Thanks so much. We'll be back next Monday with Sabina Brennan to talk about how to boost brain health.